Hey, what's up, Geekscape? It's looking at a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm back in the T-Radio V studios, and it is just me here on episode 401. Uh, Will is out, and Kenny is sick, so if you've been listening to Geekscape since the beginning, you're going to be like, oh, it's a Jonathan Solo show again, just like it used to be back in the day. Uh, but if you guys have been listening recently since we've been on T-Radio V, my two co-hosts are out today, but it's all right, because I've got a guest just like we always do, but this one's great. Mr. Casper Van Dien is here and you guys, welcome to the welcome him to the family. I'm going to give him a little clap okay, here. Hey, thank you. <laughs> but uh, we met at episode 400, which you guys watched. Uh, episode 400 was fun. Um, I think I had met you before at the Mortal Kombat event. Mortal Kombat, Mo- yes. Yeah. I met your wife. I, I remember her. How dare you, sir? I know. What the hell is that supposed terrible. to mean? She was beautiful. <laughs> I took a selfie with her. I couldn't help it. And she was so excited to meet you. And, uh, and, and of course, uh, you know, um, Brian T., we're friends with and is fantastic. Mr. Tantra Rowan uh, we're friends with so you know the whole Mortal Kombat family and now seeing Brian on television he's playing Shredder I know dude he's Brian's awesome. playing Shredder in the Ninja Turtles movie you also have to get uh, you also have to get, yes he is and they have a That's baby insane. now too yeah that is incredible yeah they really have a baby they have a little little turtle baby <laughs> Um, but yeah, we met on episode 400, and and I think episode 400, I think it, you Geekscapists thought it was successful. I was pretty touched by the the comments I got after the episode of people a crying, which was very heartwarming. Um, and uh, I don't know, some of you guys were, were t- that was not my intention. My intention was just to do an, a live episode for episode 400 as a gift to you guys. Let's do it a little bit bigger. Let's do it live. Uh, let's do it um, with some guests and some surprises and a live band and, and let's just kind of ramp it up a little bit for episode 400 and I think you guys really enjoyed it the feedback's been great uh, Susan at the stream <coughs> I'm sorry I'm finding a cough Susan at the stream really enjoyed it she's been trying to get us over there to do a show for a couple of years and uh, and she thought it was fun and then we met Casper which was a total surprise and totally awesome thanks I, I, I'm <coughs> sorry uh, I was thrilled to be there. fighting a cough kill it I'm dying. Kill that cough. Oh, my God. He's dying. Well, then I'll be the new host of Geek, That's fine. Geekscape. Bury me at so, 400. <laughs> 401. We'll get through this yeah, somehow. But, but Susan wants us to do, you know, for those of you who are like, oh, that was live. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. <coughs> Susan's been wanting us. To, she now wants us to do that every two weeks. A live episode every two weeks. Well, now that I've killed, uh, I've killed your other two co-hosts, yeah. and it's just me and you, and I'm not I'm not sure I'm gonna let you live past this one. Whatever so poison you put in the air is totally it's working. It's fantastic. It's just my natural aroma. It's uh, the sweat glands I have. They, it, it's uh, you know, it's fatal to to many oh, men. Okay, I think it's passed. But oh, okay, well you're getting you're you're catching on. Though. Really, you geeks? Yeah, I'm becoming inoculated to it. Uh, really, it's up to you, Geekscape. If you guys want to see live episodes from you know video episodes, um, find me a producer. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. Is is I put a lot of work into that show. I think it paid off. I think you guys really enjoyed it. But I I, I would need help. I would need somebody to help me put that show together, book guests, book book a band, <clears throat> and um, write it, write some segments. Get some people involved. I think it'd be a lot of fun. But till then, I'm here. Uh, I'm regardless. I'm gonna be here every week at T Radio V doing this show for you guys, like we've been doing for nine years. So here we are, episode 401. Mr. Van Dean. Yes. You just forced yourself onto our show last week. I did. I did. I I was brought by my girlfriend. I had no idea what I was in uh, in store for. And then you're like, well, someday you'll have to be a guest. And how about now? Yes. Do you usually cage. 
people like that? When, uh, you, when you do your Johnny Cage, you've been caged. Do you yeah, usually I, do that? Do you do you kick in doors? Are you that kind of a person? I I am when I'm Johnny Cage. I think I think I I did it when. When, when are I you was, not Johnny Cage? I guess I'm always Johnny Cage. I think that was a perfect role for you, though, wasn't it? What are you trying to say? Well, I watched the Mortal Kombat. He's yeah. a uh, D-list actor who can't get a job. No, wait what, a minute. Wait, what are you trying to say? The, don't cage me on this one. All right. I'm just saying uh, I was going to go with charismatic, funny, charming. Yeah, I, I, I can, I'm all that. And outgoing. Yeah. I, I, not afraid to kick in a couple you're, doors. You're to get what you yourself want. out of this a little bit. That's all I'm saying. I didn't see. Hey, listen, I've been a fan of yours since before Starship Troopers. Everybody comes up to you and says, dude, I'm a huge fan of Starship Troopers. We saw it today at the studio. Hey, man, I'm a big fan of Starship Troopers. I'll tell you right now. Well, John Sally's really tall, so yeah, he's one of the biggest. You geekscape us. <laughs> if you watch a little earlier on T-Radio V, John Sally, uh, the Detroit Pistons and Lakers and et cetera, et cetera, fame, uh, multiple NBA champion. He does a show before ours, uh, so you can watch that. But he's a fan of yours. And uh, I will tell you, my first exposure to Mr. Van Dien was actually Wing Commander 4, The Price of Freedom. Oh, my goodness, yes, with, uh, with Malcolm Mark McDowell. Han Yes. Malcolm McDowell, Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill, and Mark Dacascos. And what's his name who played Biff? Biff. Yeah. Yes, what's Biff, his name? I can't remember all the played you, Biff. Biff was in it. Yes, he was. Am I too loud? I and then, and then like that, did you act with that giant Kilrathy thing? The giant I, Hobbs? You know Hobbs, the giant cat in Green Commander? I do know. I do know he's. I didn't. I had a very brief thing. I come in and say one thing. How old them. are you when you did Wing Commander 4? I was 20 something. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I just I know this. They're like, hey, they they're doing this Wing Commander Four thing, uh, and it's a CD-ROM uh, game. CD-ROM. They only have a couple lines. Do you want Do you want to do it? And I'm like, well, who's in it? They're like Mark Hamill. Yeah. <laughs> and I brought my Star Wars cards and I got them signed for my. Mark Hamill signed them for you? Yes. Dude, for... I'll I'll tell you this much. I had the box. Uh, I had I was doing a, a convention with Malcolm McDowell. We were doing Zombie Con, Con in Seattle, and he was a guest, and I was a guest, and I was like, okay. Uh, I brought the box for Wing Commander Four, like. You know, when PC games still came in boxes and you weren't buying them off of, stream, uh, off of Steam and downloading them. And I had the box with me. And I saw Malcolm McDowell and I was like, hey, Mr. McDowell. And I was like, I want him to sign it. I want him to sign it. I want him to sign it. And I pussied out. Dude. Totally pussied out. Uh, well, <laughs> we I, talked about Wing Commander 4, but I pussied out. I got to work with him in a, on another movie in India years later. But, but he, um, I would get, if you have that, yeah. I'll sign it for you. Dude, totally. But you should get Mark Dacascos in here, too. That'd be he awesome. Was he was in it, too. Uh, Mark Dacascos was the, in Wing the, Commander 4 the, as well. He's a martial artist. Yeah, he's a martial artist. He's also, uh, right now, he's on uh, working with Kevin Tangerone on uh, Agents on of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And he was the, uh, the guy in, what was that show? That Are you friends with James Liu and that whole guy? You know the whole stunt community, James Liu, Simon Rhee, and James those James guys? James Liu and him are really good friends. I cast James Liu in a series years ago, and that's how I started meeting, like, Simon Ray and Mark DeCoscos and all those people. I haven't. I didn't meet you though until until episode 400. Well, there you Geeks go. Geekscape brings a family together. They do. I think it was just a matter of time, Mr. Van Dien. I had to date Jennifer Winger just to get on this show. So I think we said that last time. Well, you know what? And, and uh, what's nice about her is she's a, a, a nice lady. Uh, she's not a woman about town, and so we do not get many guests through her. She, <laughs> in her defense, <laughs> she's, she's she's a woman about town for me. <laughs> <laughs> in her defense, you guys way back in Geekscape remember Jenny. She uh, she was on Confessions of a Superhero, that the documentary about working in front of uh, Grauman's Theater as superheroes. And Jenny, thank you for getting us, Mr. Van Dien. But I am a fan of Starship Troopers. I just didn't want that to be our introduction. Wing Commander Four is my first. Well, there you go. 
That's insane, right? If you still have the box, you should bring I it in. I still have time. it. Yeah, I, I kept all those boxes because you I should don't get know. them. You should bring them in here and have them on your set. Like, that's Geekscape. Of, they should be part of your Geekscape, you know, wall. I kept my favorite games. I kept like Rebel Assault, the Star Wars game. I kept like Monkey Island, of course. All those games. I, I kept all of them. And I don't know. Now I'm just playing Pokemon. <laughs> I'm literally playing games I played 20 years ago. Yeah, I know. My kids play that game. They now. play the Pokemon. And, and then I sit there and I'm like, I. Nah. You 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 know my wife and let me tell you what happened uh, yesterday. Uh, so this is what happened. I it was Pokemon's 20th anniversary the day before the episode 400. So uh, some adult friends of mine and I we were like, dude, let's just re- fucking re-download it and let's play Pokemon again, old school. They just made the old games available again to, for download, and you can play them, you can trade them just like you used to. So uh, we all downloaded the games, we started playing, and I started getting really fucking into it. And I've been into it all week. Like, if I have a spare 15 minutes, I'm collecting Pokemon. Finally, yesterday, my wife goes, can you explain Pokemon to me? Like, we were having breakfast. She made me breakfast. It felt like an intervention. She, was, she made me breakfast. <laughs> and we're sitting there, and she goes, and Laura goes, can you just explain Pokemon to me? And so I start explaining it to her. Oh, no. Like, hey, they're like little animals, and you collect them, and they have, it's like, it's like rock, paper, scissors. Like, they have different strengths based on their types. And then, and then she was like, okay, okay. And I go, do you want to hear my six types on my team? And she goes, she just started crying. And she goes, you know what? I'm going to grow old drinking wine, watching HGTV in this fucking house because my husband collects Pokemon. And this is my life. This is my life. And I, and I felt so awful, but I can't stop. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I, you can't. Well, she collects action figures. She does. She did has you a lot collect of them? I did. I did. I had a lot. Had? What's this past tense shit? This is Geekscape. I know. I know. I have. Bring it back I up. still have some. I still have some. Like on, on her, with all her Wonder Woman stuff. There's actually a, a Johnny Rico figure. Like banging Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his gun fully. Cocked and loaded. I, I mean, what do you think? Like, like you have kids. I do. Um, of, Great uh, excuse to continue uh, having toys, yeah, by the way. It's like a varying age. Like, are, are they into the Pokemon? Are they into action figures? Are they too old? Are they more mature than I am at this point? Like, My son was so into Pokemon, it, it ruled his, his life. And uh, that past tense again. Yeah, it ruled his life. Uh, yeah, it is past tense. He's 22. I know he still loves it. Yeah. Uh, I know my daughters play uh, Super Smash Brothers. And yeah. they they love uh, one of them loves Pikachu one of them loves uh, um, yeah Jiggly, Jigglypuff Jigglypuff yeah Jigglypuff and so that's your Pokemon yeah well, maybe there's, uh, there's hope a little hope I mean I, I I play they have me play the Arrow guy yeah uh, Kid Icarus no um who else is on there um I don't know okay K- Link, uh, Link. Link 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 is a sword uh, whatever he also shoots arrows okay. Dude, you don't know of... that? Well, I know Kid Icarus is the most... I mean, let's face it. Kid Icarus is the most obvious archer choice in... Is it? Link is not I mean, the most obvious? No, because Kid Icarus is literally... Always pulling. Yeah, he's always... He's always... It's always pulling. I mean, you're a, you're an archer. You play yeah, a hot no, guy. I, I play Hawkeye on, on In Turns of Field. Yeah, that's why I was trying to do the segue. And that. you did the... So you, you play hot guy on In Turns of Field for uh, Screen Junkies Plus. We were recently both on Screen Junkies. I saw that you were just on that. That's so cool. We yep. should do it together sometime. Movie, the movie games and we movie should, fights? We should go do movie fights. Okay. Let's They're going to invite me. They liked me. Uh, Geekscapists, if you guys are Screen Junkies fans... I went on, and they, my teammate was William Bibiani, formerly of Geekscape, currently of Crave Online. We made a Geekscape team, and 
Um, and I can't tell you how we did it in the movie games, but come on, it's us. We kicked some ass. Uh, but if you guys have Scream, you know, Junkies Plus, you can yep. watch that episode. It's going to be coming up, I think, in April. I did it with uh, Ed Newmeyer, my, was my partner. Ed Newmeyer wrote Starship Troopers and Robocop, and we lost. But uh, we 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 uh, we lost bad. Yeah. I, now I can now I can see. But, yeah, uh, they picked girl movies for me. Oh, they picked girl movies for me. Yeah, they yeah. picked Clueless, and I was like, Clueless, I'd never seen Clueless. Well, I might be a geek and I might be a nerd, but I I, I didn't know that. And they're like. My, my girlfriend's sitting over the corner going like this, and I'm like, oh, no. you call me a loser? Oh, <laughs> man. If I'd have known that, I would have been in total. She's like, uh, no, that's what they do in the movie. And I'm like, I never saw the movie. So she's helping you cheat. That's nice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Geekscape is like, I don't want to give you guys spoilers, but, you know, it's Geekscape. We, we kind of know our shit. So look for that on Screen Junkies Plus. Uh, we're going to take a quick spot break here at T-Radio V. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Starship Troopers. We're going to talk about Mortal Kombat. We're going to talk about working with geniuses like Paul Verhoeven and Tim Burton. So you're going to want to hear that. So you're going to want to come back. We'll be right back. Hold tight. All right, Geekscapers. We're back on Geekscape. We're back with Casper Van Dien. And uh, what were we talking about at the break? Oh, yeah, we were talking about... Uh, what were we talking about? Pokemon? Of course, Pokemon. We were talking about these things that are coming back. Uh, but really, um, oh man, I totally blanked because we had a pretty good subject uh, going. But really, let's, let's just scrap that and let's talk about um, working with two geniuses, Paul Verhoeven and Tim Burton. Like, that's insane. It was. It was not It was complete insanity. Um, but so exciting. Because you're a director now, too. I am. And now that you're a director, like, like do you take... Anything from those experiences? I, well, I definitely I watched both of them, and right. they were so creative, and they were so thorough, and and they would draw everything out or have people draw everything out. They're both they're both incredible artists. I don't mm-hmm. know if everybody knows that about Paul Verhoeven. I know they know that about Tim Burton. Right. But they both draw, and they're both always thinking they'd be the first one on the set and the last. Can you one sit off. closer to his mic? Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, sorry. That's all right. So uh, things were getting a little fuzzy, and I was like, oh, they're trying to raise uh, your audio. No. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, they're both very creative, and they're both always drawing, and they're the first one on the set and the last one off. Mm-hmm. Just uh, different personalities. Paul is a screamer. Mm-hmm. If you're on his set, he's like going, yeah, 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 yelling at like you. Like a positive screamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's a yeller. Did he Just, ever get uh, pissed at you? Yeah, he did. Um, I changed, uh, I got uh, Captain Dale Die. Yeah. Had said to me to... Uh, that's the training guy? That's the guy yeah, who put you guys through boot camp yeah, and stuff? Yeah, he's the guy that put yeah. us through boot camp. He's a Marine. Uh, he got shot three times, I think, three or four times. He had three or four Purple Hearts. Wow. From, like, v- where? From Vietnam. Vietnam. Holy shit. And he went back. He kept going back. And he was our trainer, so we did boot camp. And he told me to change the line to, Sir, boat going down, sir. Right. Uh, it was, that was the line. Because that sounds like a... That's an official... That's he, what they would say. He told me to take out one of the sirs. Okay. Because it's just, boat coming down, sir. Right. You know, because you wouldn't... Um, you, and, you wouldn't preempt it with a sir. Yeah. Or you'd say, sir, boat coming down. Right. Boat coming down, sir. And, and so he just had me cut one out. And Paul was like, yelled and said, cut. You you changed the line. And I go, no. He goes, he goes wait a minute. Paul, he goes, Dale, I told you to change the line. I go, no, sir, I just messed up. And he, You were trying to protect them or what? Yeah, you just don't sell somebody out. Yeah. Although I'm selling them out now. Yeah. 18 years yeah, later. Paul's a big listener. He sends us emails. Uh, He's I a big Pokemon fan. No, but he kept, for the, the whole shoot, he would go, he told you to change it, didn't he? And I go, mm-hmm. no, sir, I just messed up. He goes, you haven't messed up. You don't ever mess up. You always get it in one or two takes. You're goes, Rico. You were doing it. He told you to do it. And I said, no, he, 
I just messed up, sir. And, and he would keep doing that the whole right. rest of the movie. And at the end, after we down. finished the movie, he said, so he did tell you to change it, didn't he? Even after the movie yeah. finished, I was like, He no. didn't let it go. I never told him. Do you think Paul ever let him know? Do you think he was going to Paul that entire time? Or Paul was going to, uh, to Captain Bill? Captain Dale die? To Dale. To Dale no. and being like, hey, Dale, did you change it? I don't know. Line? I don't know if they ever did it. Um, I, I just think he was just testing me. Right. Testing my might. Your fortitude. Yes. But you come from military stock. Your grandfather was a Marine in World War II. Uh, World War One. World War One. And, and the other one was World War Two. Yes. Holy. And my dad was a uh, my dad was uh, a pilot for twenty years and flew in and out. A of military Denae. pilot. Whoa. Yeah. So when they raised an actor, they were like, "This guy's a total pussy." Yeah, totally. That's exactly what they're saying. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, what, what happened? <laughs> You're like, you bastard. No, I set you up for that one. Uh, but totally like, said it. But like, what was it, what was the story there? Because you Well, you're, I grew up. I wore uniforms from age four because I went to every one of my dad's boot camps. Mm-hmm. He would just teach them at Newport, Rhode Island, and I'd go to the boot camps because he was teaching. After he retired, after 20 years, he taught uh, military science, mm-hmm. and then he'd have a boot camp. And then I went to a military school. I went to Admiral Farragut Academy in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I graduated operations officer. And it just. So you're um, no pussy. No. You're no pussy. Well, no, I mean, uh, what, what, why not make a career of it? Like, what did you? Th- why, what were you rebelling against? Tell me what you're fighting from. Uh, what, what are you fighting? What are you running from? Well, I, I wanted to be the guy in the big screen kissing, you know, like Natalie Wood at the right. time. I was thinking, ended up being Jennifer Wenger, but right. Uh, I, you know, uh, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. It doesn't. It doesn't get you killed. It doesn't get you killed. You're not yeah. gonna fall off no boat. No, no. no wood doesn't. Fall off no that boat. wood does float. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> You have children. They they should not be listening to this. Natalie Wood. Um, but but what happened? So so you go to military school. Did your father have expectations that you were going to go into the military? Maybe my, take over his training. My dad thought academy. Um, he said, uh, "What do you want to be?" And I said, "Well, I want to be an, an actor." And he goes, "And what are you going to what are you going to college for?" And I said, "Well, to be a doctor and go in the military." And he said, "Why?" Hmm. So I said, thanks. I took it as thanks, Dad. I'm, and I went out to California. Yeah. And, and he called me, of course, uh, like nine months later and said, so you're not a big star. Are you going to come home now? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, After nine months? Been, yeah, you know, nine months. What it's happened just, within the nine months? Like, what was what was that first nine months? Like, I don't know. Because what, what did you do earlier? You did like a, like a soap, like General Hospital maybe? Like, what I did. Was, I did days One Life lives? to Live. One Life to Live? Yes, I did One Life to Live um, just before Nathan Fillion got on it. And oh, really? And he came on right after me. And then um, – uh, I did, Well, I did – my first thing was uh, – I did a, a thing for a, a director named Larry Pierce, wow. uh-huh. um, and I worked with Morgan Fairchild, Cindy Williams, Holy shit. Edna Arenera, so Julia like, Duffy. I'm like, yeah, I two lines. It. I'm playing lifeguard how, number one. How how badly did you blow that fucking paycheck? I, I, you know, I didn't have to blow it because I think it went all to my dues at the time. Oh, got but, it, got it. But you know, it was not a big paycheck. Right. It was a. Uh, I, I but was, you're like, I've arrived. My next big one will be next week, and then you blow it, and you're like. Nine months later, like, why did I waste that money? It was not a big paycheck right. again. <laughs> it was two lines on a on a TV movie. Still, still cool. It was so cool. It was one of the best things ever. And then I got a a series late after that called Dangerous Women. And mm-hmm. then um, I did Beast Master Three. And holy shit, I Abraxas or some shit like that. Yeah, Abraxas. That's motherfucker. Exactly this is Geekscape. What's up? What's up? It, man. This yeah, is Geekscape. That's it. All right, man. you can't pull shit like that. I like... was King Tall. I was the Beastmaster's brother. Holy and I wore crap. a really bad wig. And you and got to work with Mark Singer? I did. And he was jacked, man. Mark Singer huge. is the is a badass. He is. I like him because he was in V and Beastmaster. Come on. Goto and Bodo. They're my thieves. Yeah, and Tony Todd was in it. Holy shit. Yeah. Did you do the arm class? I did. I did the Holy arm class. Holy shit. I, I did it, man. You did the Gird Journey arm <laughs> class. I did. You I did, did it on film. I did it on film. And I got and I got rescued by my brother too. 
And also was in it was uh, uh, David Warner. Holy shit! Yeah, we're talking. We got Ian Braxis over this motherfucker. Yeah, somebody just they just tweeted me that they're like, hey, I remember I, I got drunk and I ordered uh, Beastmaster three. I had no idea Casper Van Dien was in it. Because Beastmaster two is not cool because they go back and forth to Earth and that's just kind of whack. And Beastmaster three is like we're keeping it real. I didn't see either two oh or three. Oh my god! Yeah, dude. <laughs> just kidding. I love them. Holy shit! And it was uh, it was directed by Gabrielle Beaumont, who also directed Star Trek: The Next Generation. Sure. And I was like, I want to be on Star Trek: yeah. The Next Generation. And it never happened. But you were on 90210. I was. I was. And that's like you know more of a heartthrob. They don't want to dress you up as a fucking yeah, alien the, or something. I'm the dude that burned the house down with the lesbians in it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. But, yeah, yeah, but Star Trek Two, this is what would have happened. Here, put on some makeup. Nobody knows who the hell you are. That's what I you wanted. What I mean? Really? You wanted yeah, to be like a red shirt or something? You're like, I die. Or a Vulcan, you know, or Klingon. Speak some weird shit. Block, yeah. That's what you wanted. Kind of like Russian. Yeah, you can still do it. Yes, yeah, check, but it's close. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so, but, but the big thing was like after Starship Troopers, it was it was Casper Indiana household name. Uh, in my house, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Come, on now. Come on now. I remember seeing that movie. Uh, I remember seeing that movie opening night in theaters because it op- it opened when I was a freshman in college, and like you still don't really know everybody in your dorm, so you're like, okay, what's the thing we can do together? Starship but I don't Troopers. have to be forced to actually talk to any of you assholes. Let's go see a movie, and we go to see Starship Troopers, and it was a bonding experience with the guys, you know, dudes, mainly that. And everybody saw it a lot because the uh, the pre previews they had blur. Song number two? Or yeah. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Yeah. Everybody thought that was going to be in the movie, and it wasn't. But still, like, the movie kicked ass. You got the to shoot did. some bugs. What's the story? I never saw the third one, The Marauders, or whatever it is. What is it, Roughnecks? It's The Marauders. Marauders. Like, like was that any good? Uh, you know, Ed You're Neumeier, in it. I'm in it. And Ed Newmeyer, who wrote Starship Troopers and Robocop, directed that one and mm-hmm. he called me back and asked me to do that and he's fantastic and i think it brings the sense of humor back that was missing from what i hear in number mm-hmm. two um they didn't see two yeah. I, I didn't see two either you're like i'm not involved in I'm, uh, <laughs> what does it got to do there are other beastmaster movies what are you talking about yeah, come on beastmaster 4. i thought wing commander 4 was the first game i did <laughs> get the fuck out i'm man. just kidding i knew it was it had a four on it i was like they made three other ones. I'm these? wondering what happened to Chris Roberts. I don't know who created. I know he's got like a new space game that he like crowdfunded or something, and it's huge, and you need like a super PC to play it. But I was like, dude, Chris Roberts, like you were that close to Hollywood, and you did a Wing Commander movie, but then you put Freddie Prince Jr. And Matt Lillard in it, uh. and I was like, no, you got to stick with. Like, you would not have made that mistake today in 2016 because everything is like, oh, it's all about the fan base. Whatever happened to Freddie Prince Jr.? I don't know. I really, I it's not something I think about often. Yeah. But I, but you know what? I liked him. I respect him, and I'm sure he was a pretty damn funny guy. So I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I didn't know. I, you know, when they made that movie, but they made Wing Commander four before they made that movie. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, can we don't reset it? That's all I'm saying. Is like Chris Roberts had it. He was ready to make his Hollywood movie. You worked oh, with he, him. Yeah. Chris Roberts directed the, yep. the Wing Commander movie, and yep. I'm like, dude. And I was excited to see it as a big time Wing Commander fan, and I saw it, and I was like, this ain't my. The same. There's no Wing Commander in mine. <laughs> I was like, it wasn't, it. It wasn't I was the like, same. No. no, it was like after Matrix, so everybody was really cool with like that freezing it and then doing the multicam turn around the actors while they're frozen. Remember that? Yeah. Like it was like, no, it only kind of works in the Matrix. Name me a movie where that stunt has. Name me a movie or anything that's not the Allen Iverson basketball ad, which also used it. That like used that 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 Matrix bullet cam effectively. 
Geekscape is if you can think of one, think of one, but I can't think of anything that used it effectively that everybody's like, oh shit, that was tight. No, The Matrix pretty much did it in that Allen Iverson basketball ad, and that was it. They had to have done it like in uh, Austin Powers or something like that. A that comedy would, I could see I, pulling that, it off. That could pull it off. That's the only thing. It was a pain in the ass because you had to set up a ring of cameras. Yeah. Like you had to set up like 180 degrees worth of cameras and then like cut between them. Crank did it, but they did it super budget. You ever see Crank? Yeah. The guys with Crank put these little cameras on a hula hoop, like a half hula hoop, and they would get on, uh, we had them on the show, and they would get on uh, skates, and they would skate behind Jason Statham, or in front of them, on, on like rollerblades, and then they, they'd have all the cameras running on like half of a hula hoop, and then they would cut between them. Wow. And it was the same thing, you're just cutting between all these different cameras, and it worked, I guess, but... Yeah. I think that's the only other time that it was successful. Now we're talking filmmaking. Uh, Geek Sables, let's go to another spot break. We'll come back. We'll talk directing. Not the directors he's worked with, but Mr. Van Dien, the storyteller himself. All right? We're going to get to know that man when we get back. <laughs> I know. I set you up to like, you're like, oh, shit. i got to say something profound. Work on it. you got a couple minutes. Profound. Something profound. <laughs> Hey, Geekscapists, we're back with Casper Van Dien, and we're talking directing. Mr. Van Dien, you may not know, is also a filmmaker himself. You have done uh, Sleeping Beauty. That was my first. Sleeping Beauty was your first? That was my first as a director. Did, did you do that for the asylum? I did do that for the asylum. Now, what's the story with those guys over there? They're like, hey, man, you got two days to make this movie. Here's $28. Good fucking cents. luck. Good. Like, <laughs> you like can that, do it. That's scary, man. It's a, it's a 13-day shoot. Um, uh, principal photography, and you have uh, here's we, some gumball, here's some bubble gum, and some tape, and uh, let's go for it. Wow, we had Bulgarian act, we had Bulgarian actors you and shoot, crew. You shoot in I shot in Bulgaria, Bulgaria. in a castle. Um, it's not bad. You, you know, four and a half hours north of where any civilization is. Oh, there, Jesus. Um, so you don't have the normal crews. You have you know the ones that go out, and, and then we had local people out there. <laughs> And right. uh, I mean, then you, I had what some, do they speak? Bulgarian? You speak yeah, Bulgarian? No, I like, don't. No. So we have Bulgarians, Americans, uh, some French, and and uh, the English. Okay, so there's multiple languages. Yeah, I can barely speak English. I've been totally fucked. Yeah, I was. You know, I had I had a great producer, and I had an amazing uh, first AD, and I had an amazing cinematographer, and then I had some actors okay. that I could trust. And then a crew that I got to learn to work with, and it's amazing. You can still get all this done. You know, I had to. We had to rewrite the script for the yeah. location. You had to because, scale it down. Yeah, we had to totally it, do that. Scale yeah. down, do all that, and then we had to do our shot list, and we had to be prepared, and we had to just go in knowing everything we were going to do all day long and pray. And you could pray that you make that. Shot. Pray. Did you ever have to cut shots, or you, know, you totally had to cut shots? We had to. We had. There were certain things we had to cut yeah. and lose, but I also got a lot more. I got a right. lot more bang for my buck. I was really lucky because I'm. I'm also, you know, I'm in it a little bit. Sure. But I, I I'm, I'm moving. Did you play? You play along. the Ch- Prince Charming or something? No, I didn't. I played the king. My daughter played uh, Sleeping Beauty. And okay. Then, and then that would have been I, weird. That yeah. would have been weird. Waking well, her up would have been weird because you wake her up as a as a daughter. You woke her up for school, and now this would be with a kiss. That would have been. Yeah, that would have been weird. Yeah. I, I, I was directing the kiss, and it was with this uh, young kid. Oh, who no. was on uh, Game of Thrones, and 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 so I had to direct them. You're like, watch your hands, pal. Yeah, yeah. Well, she had to kiss him too, so okay. I, I, there was a little twist in it. Do you think that there was a little? Was there chemistry that you did not approve of going on on the set? No, I'd have killed him. <laughs> You'd have killed him. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Are you? Are you that? Are you like? I know there's a Hollywood mom. 
Are you a Hollywood dad when it comes to the to your kids? No, I'm a, a gun toting. Um, you know, you're from bone, Florida, like a Florida kid. Oh, so I'm from, from Jersey. Yeah, Jersey. Yeah, we just teach Florida. people to swim with 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 uh, you know concrete shoes. And <laughs> right. Stuff like, hey, Seriously, you going out to the swamps? Yeah, yeah. Right. No, what is that? Is that it. South Jersey, North Jersey? Like I'm, where do you? I'm North of Jersey, right okay. outside of New York. Yeah. yeah. Those are the swamps. Yeah, yeah. The swamps. Just bear you exactly. out by the Meadowlands, and you're done. Totally the Meadowlands. We're right there. Fuck that. That's exactly what it's like. If you if you meet a kid, you know you know I I look at them. How many daughters you have? I have four daughters. Fuck that. Hey, I'm very proud of them. They're no, it's all good. Oh, we're allowed to swear on this. Yeah, but Jesus, okay, good. dude, come on. That is one son. That is that's got to be the most stressful thing ever. Seeing these little these kids show up at the door and you're like, no. My daughters can take any of them. Okay. Yeah, they kill them. And okay. plus, they know they know they, like like there was one time my daughter was working at this uh, a juice shop and and they all knew me. They walk in, they go Johnny Rico, Johnny Rico. And my the daughter guys said that. Yeah, the yeah. guys would always say. It. And she goes, Dad, you know they're intimidated by you. And I'm like, that's okay. And she goes, <laughs> and she goes, it's funny. And um, one day I went, so um, which one of you is the one that's taking my daughter to the prom? And they all like moved away right. and pointed to the other one. I saw you fuck up a bug. Yeah, and I, well, I said to him, <laughs> I said, whatever you do to my daughter, I'm gonna do it to you. Right. Oh, wait, whoa, hey, yeah, yeah. whoa, hey. So and, whoa. and so like afterwards, she goes, Dad, he slow danced and dipped me. And I said, Tell me he owes, tell him I owe, he owes me one. <laughs> He slow dance and then did me? Dipped me. Oh, I thought you said dipped did me. Yeah, I, I would have like, killed him. I was like, wait, what, what exactly do you owe the <laughs> no, 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 kid? Dipped, dipped, <laughs> dipped. Okay, okay. All right. Okay. That's what to say, man. Yeah, there was no kiss on that one? No, no, no. And I'm not afraid to go back to prison. <laughs> so, so These are the things I said to these kids. So you've done Sleeping Beauty. Yes. You had to direct the kiss. Yes. Was it weird? That was very weird. Weirder <laughs> for her. She's like, Dad, come on. This is gross. You're like, I, you need more tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. There was no tongue. Okay. I so killed him. You do that one. What, what do you do from there? Uh, I did Patient Killer. What with, is that? Patient Killer is a movie that got bought by Lifetime, but before that, it won Best Picture at the uh, Fort Lauderdale International Film Festival. That's and not I won, a bad film festival. Not at That's all. That's not like no Scrub Film Festival. And I won Best Director at the San Francisco Best Actor Film Festival. That's good. So, so I won two awards, and it got bought by Lifetime. And it's um, a bunch of your peers, too. And it did. I had Patrick Muldoon in it. I had Richard Berge, who was in the second Starship Troopers. That You didn't I didn't see, see it. Patrick Muldoon was in the first one with me. He's the guy that got his brain sucked out. Okay. You know, that's like every guy's wet dream. <laughs> to literally go that way. Um, and then <laughs> and then I also had uh, Victoria Pratt. I had... Uh, um, was that had, an easier shoot? That was a little bit easier. The last one I did, too, was another easier shoot. Uh, I just did one with Cassie Thompson and... Uh, but who paid for the Lifetime one? I'm sorry, but like, who paid for the Lifetime one because it, you guys ended up selling it to Lifetime? Where did you find the, the money for that thing? Uh, the woman that produced it, right. her and her husband found it right? because it was theirs. And okay. then they let me shoot at their houses and their, their cars. So I had this little budget that I ended up having like a $25 million house. And right. It, had, it all ended up on screen. Oh, my God. No, I had all that. I had totally. much more. I had, they had their Dodge Chargers, their Vipers, their Rolls Royces, like extra cars. I was like... What happened to that gravy train? Uh, yeah, she doesn't want to make still, more movies. Still with them. Oh yeah. yeah, they do. They yeah. do. I've done two movies with them. But and, I, so the second one was with them too. No, no, no. no. The fourth one. No, the, I, I, I was an actor with one of okay. them before, and they hired me to direct this. Sure. One. Dude, just go back to them. I know. I'm telling you. They sound cool. They were really cool. You just need cool. to keep figuring out how to shoot that house and I not know. make it look different. No, no, they, were, they had four houses. What the hell? 
Yeah, you know, money. Did they own people at this point? Like they that, owned a lot of people. They have, they have a lot of they have a lot of things. They're pretty awesome people. That and sounds she, cool. She wanted to be an actress, and she um, she's also an, uh, a gnarly producer. So she really gets in there and just uh, she's just like, uh, what do I need to learn? Okay. Did you put her in front of the it. camera? Like, say, uh, yeah, hey, you want to be an camera. actress? No, like, she was. Yeah. She, she was as part of the deal. That's awesome. Yeah. And then uh, I did a third one, which was for another uh, direct friend of mine who was the the second unit director on Starship Troopers 3. Mm -hmm. And he had to do another film, and so he couldn't direct it, so he gave it to me because I was a Lifetime Approved director. <laughs> lifetime Original? And it was for Lifetime, that one? This one was intended for Lifetime. They had to have a Lifetime Approved director, like, yeah, you're not actor, approved anymore. And, and they bought it. So Lifetime did buy the third That's one. That's what I just heard. Um, okay. I oh, heard that three weeks ago. This is news. News. I, okay. I got my, my third film is now... Bought and okay, this one's going on in Lifetime as well. Because I was about to say that would have been messed up if like Lifetime was like, yeah, we don't really want yeah, it anymore. No, you know what? Like he it. he was approved. Yeah. We're gonna send this one back. Maybe maybe we'll see what we can fix on post. We don't like him. You know what, Casper? We've had a good run together, and uh, you need to get get a water. On he your didn't way do out. enough prep. He didn't do the right shot list or the right floor plans. You do gotta you, do, do that. Do you work. like doing that stuff? You know, do I like it as much as directing? I like talking. It is directing. It is no as as much as directing yeah. an actor. Yeah. Sure. It's all part of it. You have to do all of it. I can it. see as an actor that you love that, that, that working with another actor would be like really natural. That's it for me. That, right. that was the, the cream of the crop. But if you don't do all that legwork like, beforehand, it's I pointless. think you're screwed. Yeah. No. There's no, way of doing, there's no way of doing it. So do I like that, the floor yeah. plans and everything? I think other people have more creative ideas in that for me. Like, a I mean, like visual. Yeah, visual. I like all that. But you're right. Nothing matters if you do not get that performance. If you don't get that. The performance is the connection with the audience. And there are actors. If they can't it, capture that on camera, there, then it's... There are directors who will completely uh, ankle themselves with their with their ideas. The shot's got to be this way. The visual has to be this way. And the performance almost comes last. But I think the performance is what's, what's, what's bridging that gap between you and the people watching the flat screen. Like, that is yeah. the thing that's connecting with the audience. And... You you can have a million fancy shots if you don't have that connection, you're not, like you, you you messed up. Yeah, well you know in the TV I imagine it's, it's a lot stricter because you have a, you have more of a controlled environment you have a, yeah. you have a certain thing you, a formulaic uh, pattern you have to follow. Well the writer too has a lot of say and you have to be seamless with the with the, the episodes that come before you know there's a language to each episode or and, to each show. Sure. And if you don't have the congruency it's not going to match. So. I understand that and I like all that. So you have to you have to have all that homework done beforehand mm -hmm. too. Right. Like you were talking and telling me about. Um, but you also do the floor that, plans. if you don't have that, then then you're messed up and you don't have the freedom to do that with the actors. You're mainly just doing that so that when it comes time to actually direct the scene, it's done. Yeah. And now you guys can play a little bit, you know. And 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 there are tricks like blocking actors with, um, you know, because actors are going to be like, well, I feel like my character will be more than this and that. And if you place so maybe some of the props that involved in the, that are involved in the scene. You know, then then you can kind of work their blocking to be a little bit more natural, and uh, yeah, you're just trying to get something organic and not have the mechanical processes trip that up. Yeah. You know, and and, and when you and when you guys go on set, like our own Derek Cranavelt, who runs the website, uh, he's been on set all week. He's up in Vancouver and he's been he's been working crew. He's getting into the film industry, and when you That's actually awesome. see the bells and whistles, you're like, oh, this is the most unnatural thing ever. It's not a stage play where it's like you in a black box theater with another actor and you guys are only thinking about performances. There's a million distractions. 
everywhere. And there's a duty to fucking sandwich. And you, <laughs> and you, and you have to have everything done before. And one of the joys of me is, as, as, as directing so far, I've had to be an actor as well. And what I could do is I could schedule most of my scenes in the beginning and the mm. end and get my other actors done so that I could make sure that – because I have to be on set anyhow. Right, right. Because we're first and last on right. set more or less. Um, there's some people that are there a little bit longer. Sure. But we're we're so much we have to do. We have to make sure everything's taken care of. And as a director, actor, I've been able to afford that, which then gets me out of the position of you know holding people over too long. Sure. For the most part. And which do you love it as much as acting, or is acting still your big passion? I uh, I love it so much as an actor because I love working with the the other actors. And right. It, for me, there's like magic coming out of there, and then I love being around there. And then now I'm hearing all the stories about what actors are really like. And it's almost oh, shocking sometimes. See, yeah, too. So I'm it. like, wait a minute. Right. And they're like, oh my God, they can be really hated. They, You're on the other side of the glass I, now, I my have, friend. I have gone to the dark side. Mm. Or maybe it's the light side. I'm not quite and sure. Then, you know what? It is. We're still finding it out. Let's take a, a spot break. This is our last spot break. We're going to be right back. And maybe we'll talk a little bit more about video games, Mortal Kombat, and stuff like that with Casper Van Dien. You're watching Geekscape. Continue watching. Geeks! <laughs> All right, Geekscapist. I think we've recruited Casper Van Dien. I think he's an official Geekscapist now. I, I'm, I'm going to come on and co-host with you now. We're going to yeah. get rid of the other guys. Uh, who are the other guys? I, I don't forgot even all know. About I forgot. And I'm obviously inoculated against the cough that I had with the, at the beginning of the show, so things are going to be good. I, guys, we did 400 episodes. Things are looking good for another couple hundred. All right? We're going to be great, and uh, we'll just see what happens. You know, um, in Geekscapist, like I said, if you guys... I don't know. I, I obviously want to do the live shows. The, that show is a lot of fun. Uh, and I would I will do it if I can, but right now I'm in the process of trying to find someone who will help me produce it, and then you guys will get it uh, ideally every two weeks. I mean that's what Susan over at the stream wants. Um, but you know what, uh, Michael here at T Radio V has given us a home, and so I'm going to do a show every week that I can for Michael here at T Radio V. So this is our home right now, and we'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, more content for you guys the better, as far as I'm concerned, because. Uh, that's what Geekscape's all about. We'll see you guys at, at WonderCon, right? March. Are, are you going to WonderCon, Jenny? Yeah. You going to WonderCon, Casper? It's, it's March twenty fifth. It's like the weekend of March twenty fifth. We're gonna be there. I think I am. You're gonna be there. I think March will be in Florida. Oh no, you I'll might be... be in Florida. Family? Wait, no, I'm going to Toronto. Toronto. Um, what are you doing in Toronto? I'm doing the Toronto Con. Okay, that's a big one. Yeah. Maybe we'll send some Geekscape. It's like Miles Harbor. Dude, totally. Miles, you live in Toronto. Maybe we can find a way to get you over to the uh, Toronto Con and you can hang out with Casper. Yeah, let's do a, let's do an interview over there. Or do a ha, he can come be the moderator at my my uh, <laughs> panel. I'm doing it with Dina Meyer. That's cool. So we're doing a little Starship Troopers thing. That'd be cool. It, it, are there still a ton of Starship Trooper fans? Like it's for insane. For some reason, there still are. Yeah, but that movie though was really unique, and I think. I don't know. It's hard to find movies like that now because they've all just kind of been turned into a uh, like a Ford assembly plan of what a sci-fi movie is supposed to be. And again, like Paul Verhoeven is a genius. I mean, he always injected his science fiction movies with a whole lot of commentary. Yeah, he did. You know, he's, he's extremely passionate, very political, very opinionated, and he wants to make people think. He likes to. He likes. And Ed Newmyer is this way too. Right. Ed, Ed is the the writer. The writer. Right. He is. They're very dark, sick, and perverted. Sure. And and they're geniuses at that, though. But every time they challenge it, it's interesting because everybody used to say, this movie is a very democratic movie. This movie is a very Republican movie. This movie is for Greenpeace. Sure. This movie is for the warmongers. This movie is for the military. This this is anti-war. It was, but everybody would brace it was and on see either something side in it. Yeah. that was theirs. 
And That's it was, cool. It was really fascinating because uh, we'd been invited to so many different things. And I was on the, the plane once to Washington, D.C. to visit um, the First Lady. And uh, Whoa, whoa, that's kind of a big one. Well, this this was for um, this was during the Bush administration. Sure, we were gonna, still big. <laughs> we, we were going to meet the first lady, and and on there uh, it was for a charity for these kids. And this guy starts trying to talk to me, and I'm reading a script. I'm totally in the script. And he goes, "So you going you going to the where are you going? You going to Washington D.C.?" I'm like, "Yeah." It's like, uh, uh, "Yeah, I've been there a, a lot." And I'm like, "Oh, that's great." He's like, uh, "Yeah, you know, Starship Troopers is great." I'm like, "Yeah, I know, thanks." He goes, "Did you read the book?" I go, "Yeah, it was great." He goes, "I'm like, he's like, yeah, well, have fun up there if you want. You can call me, and we could." Uh, make Hang sure you up. get a tour around there. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I look over to him. Carl Rove! <laughs> Holy shit! Carl Rove was talking to me the whole time about Starship Troopers and what a fan he was of the book and the Holy movie and crap. everything like that. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like thinking, that's the last person I would think of, but he loved it. This is really interesting. A po- political genius, Carl Rove, is like a big fan of Starship Troopers. Huge fan. I think it just it had more it it pushed a couple extra buttons than sci-fi movies are supposed to. You know what I mean? And I think that we get that with movies like. Deadpool pushes more buttons than a superhero movie was supposed to. And, and Guardians of the Galaxy pushed some different buttons than most of the superhero or Marvel movies did at that point. And I think that's important because otherwise we just start getting the exact same color of movie. You know, yeah, we were talking earlier about the, the remake of the other Verhoeven movies, the remake of Robocop, the remake of, uh, of um, what was it, Total Recall. And yeah. it's just like, okay, there's something that's not being said. They they went a little bit more PG Paul's more rated R. He's right. more he's more political and violent and perverted and and, yeah. and delicious and all those wonderful things. He also you know the RoboCop. I think they're remaking they're they're making another one because a it was, third re- attempt uh, at bat a third at bat. No, at I, I think it's a they did the first three RoboCops right and the, then they, this the, new RoboCop the new one. They're gonna make another a sequel to the new one. Because oh it did so well in China. Oh, you know what? That and that's supposedly what's saving the Terminator franchise too. Is after that Terminator franchise, they're like, man, what a bomb! And then it opens in China, and it's like, it's huge. So it's the biggest thing. And yeah. So the world market has now changed. And uh, would you do another Starship? Starship in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, would I work with Paul Verhoeven and Ed Newmar? Yes. And they're talking again. So we'll Whoa. see. Yeah. For real? Yeah, the two of them are talking. Call them, are they on your cell phone? Call them up. Uh, Ed Newmeyer is. Wow. Okay, I'll let's call him. Let's be like, hey, man, what's the deal with this? Let's get it. Let's get it going. Uh, you should have Ed be, on here. I would love Ed to have Newmeyer. it. You know, Ed and I, I just like talking to smart. Show. I just like talking to smart, passionate people. Well, he's extremely – He's one of my, he used to be my date. When my ex-wife wouldn't go to the movies with me, everybody would go, oh, it was too violent, too perverted, sure. and everything like that, and Ed would be my date. So for years, I'd go to – he was my date. Yeah. He was like my geek date. And we'd go everywhere. We'd go out together. I love him. He's great. And, and his wife would let him come with me. And, and we would just go, great. go to the movies together. And we've been friends ever since Starship. He is so fun to be around. So you should have him come on here. I would love that. I would love that. Because it's obvious. Like, he's got – the pistons are firing, as you would say. Yeah, nonstop. Dude. He's always thinking. He's, he's written so many incredible scripts. And now that you're directing, you might want to talk to him, too, about mm, that. Paul, any of those in the uh, – you got any of those in the uh, back uh, – you know, every every writer has those scripts that their managers don't want to hear about anymore. Yeah, you know they, what I mean. And it's he, like their managers like they didn't sell. We don't want to hear it anymore. And then it's like, no, wait, let's dust a couple of these off. These were good ideas. No, they're let's amazing. fucking make them. I read I read so many of his scripts. Right. And there's two of them that are so dark and so perverted that they could never have been made. But I think that's changed now. Right. And I think especially uh, with Deadpool. If you know? guys are filmmakers out there and, and and you have writers that you love, 
keep in mind that these people have scripts that never got made that their managers and agents don't ever want to hear about again. And if you can find a way to reach out to them, maybe at a con or something, and you can say, hey, this is a basis for a Kickstarter. I mean, or, or some kind of a campaign to get this thing back going. Say, hey, that's a name talent. It might be able to engender some kind of uh, momentum to get this thing going. You attach a couple other people, and boom, you might have yourself a, a movie on your hands. It's not a bad idea, yeah. especially with a talent like that who definitely has content and substance to the content. It's not just it's not just title upon title. He's actually got a way of t- telling stories. Yourself, the, I mean, as a writer and, and a storyteller, uh, you know, do you? Ha- I mean, you talked about directing other people's scripts. What, what about your story? What's the, what's your song to sing, brother? Well, I would like to, I would like to. Um... I'd written some scripts before, but I'd like to rewrite and, and sure. find a new writing partner and, and work together and, and see what I can come up with and, what kind of and stuff? see where I can go. What well, kind of, I love sci-fi, but yeah. I, I got into uh, when I first started this. I, I loved uh, I, I loved the Seven Samurai, dude, and, of course, and, and then uh, the Magnificent Seven, of course, Magnificent but... Seven, and then John Ford and John Wayne films, dude. I started watching those, and I was like. This is amazing. That's how I spent New Year's. I just watched Stagecoach. It's amazing. I can watch, I can watch Stagecoach Stage any fucking day of the year. It's such a great movie, and I cannot believe... I mean, I My wife's like, like do you want to go out? And I'm like, no, I want to watch Stagecoach. Good for you. Stagecoach is one of the best movies ever made. I have his, incomplete, I have his complete collection. Every, every John Ford movie or yeah. every John Wayne movie? Yes. Guys, here's the thing. This is, why, this is how I'm going to cast you, right? Because here's the thing about... And you may view yourself as this, but I do not view you as this. John Wayne was just like a stunt guy. He was not an A-list actor. That fucking shot in Stagecoach where he, they shoot the alien. He's off camera and, and, and they're running towards camera. And you see the Indians who are chasing him get shot. And then they look up. That shot, which is also out of focus, and it pushes it on him, is the most pimp shot ever. You've seen John Woo do it with Chai Fat a million times in The Killer. That shot's been used a million times. John Ford did this shot of John Wayne that made him a star. In one shot, he's A-list, and he's A-list the rest of his career. He was a B-list actor, D-list actor that made it. Amazing. It's an incredible we're gonna, film. We're going we're gonna to put you in a movie. We're going to give you a shot like that where people are like, Casper, motherfucking Dan okay, Dean. So where have well, we been hiding this guy? But this is the deal. This is, this is great. Yeah. Ed Newmyer's favorite writer, uh, favorite uh, filmmaker is John Ford, yeah. when we, and his favorite actor is John Wayne, same as mine. This is one of the reasons that he and I got off so well. When we did Starship Troopers 3, we redid it without telling the studio. He did lines from They Were Expendable, Stagecoach, and every... That's amazing. We redid lines in Starship Troopers 3. So if you get to see it, you're going to Easter gonna eggs, go, motherfucker. You're going to go like this. You're going to go, oh my I God, that. that's a John Ford. That's from that. We have him signing a helmet, which is from They Were Expendables when they were... Because generals cool. were seen as like these rock stars. That's what they were and back then. And I was like, Ed, you should have him sign the helmet. So, because in That's that, cool. he had the, 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 the Sky Marshal was a singing Sky Marshal. And he's literally a rock star in Starship Troopers 3. Um, guys, I think we fed you guys a whole bunch of knowledge over the last uh, couple minutes here on Geekscape. Dude, Casper, you're a fucking great guest, man. Oh, thanks, what man. I like is that you're not just like this pretty phase good actor who shows up and you're like, oh, sci-fi content. No, that's lesser. I'm all about this kind of movie. No, you are passionate about it, you're down with it, and you know it. And that's the Geekscape thing right there. Like That's what makes you a good guest. Oh, thanks, man. I'm sorry it took 400 episodes. <laughs> Why? Well, I can't believe you never asked me. <laughs> I was scared. I'm probably scared. Never you know? scared. We're going to hang out, you and me. Sure. You, me, and Ed. And we're going to make some movies. Uh, Geekscape, this was awesome. Um, hey, Casper, where can we find you, man? Let's uh, pimp the social. Oh, yeah. Casper Van Dien at Casper Van Dien on Twitter, Instagram, and Casper Van Dien official page on Facebook. It's just me. That's it right there. And I don't you have run anybody, it and everything. I don't have anybody else running it for me. You sure Jenny wasn't tweeting pictures earlier? Be I, honest. 
Oh, she took pictures. She, she, took pic- she takes okay. pictures and then she sets it up for me. You have to approve them. I have to. Yeah, she has to approve everything for me. <laughs> okay. And, All right. Well, Geekscapists, you know where we're at. Uh, you know what to do. We're at geekscape.net. We've got 400 episodes in the can. This is 401. we got more coming, but you can only find us every week here at T-Radio V, 7 o'clock live. Tell your friends. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Search for Geekscape. You'll find us. And if you want to join my Pokemon League, you know, send me a tweet or something. We can can battle. We can trade. And uh, we can do it right up until the point where I get divorced. I love you guys. I'll hear from you guys next week. Uh, Casper, thanks, man. Thank you. London has fallen. Peace.